Talk High Five, episode 505. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether the magic you play is Warhammer or the magic you play <laughs> is magic, we are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, Megan teased it right there. It's all Warhammer all the time, baby. That's right. The Warhammer 40k crossover is about to hit shelves. Yes. It looks really cool. It really does. And Maria and I know so little about <laughs> Warhammer that we decided to bring in a Warhammer enthusiast to tell us all about it. Yes. Um, we wanted to get a background on the lore of the factions behind these commander decks. Yes. These four commander decks that are being released. And also just Warhammer in general. Who are these people slash skeletons? And what do they want? Slash skeletons. The answer is war. Slash skeletons. Yep. <laughs> But it's just a delightful conversation to learn yes. more about Warhammer. Uh, and then we're also going to have Judge Rob on the program because these Ooh. are commander decks, right? And Judge Rob is going to show us how we can take those commander decks, use them for commander, but then also update them to use them for Oathbreaker if we want. That's right. Oathbreaker is a really fun multiplayer format that we really enjoy yes. enjoy playing. Um, it is a little bit of a twist on the kind of commander format. It goes quicker. Yep. It's a little bit easier to get into. Um, and of course, you can learn all that you need to know about it by going to OathbreakerMTG.org. Org. It's a format developed by Magic Kids, yes, which is also a really cool organization. So learn more about both of those things. Yeah. Do you have extra cards you want to donate to science? And by science, you yeah. mean kids, so they learn how to play magic? Kids are science. <laughs> they, they truly are. Tell me one thing more science than kids. Science. Well, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to learn about the lore of Oathbreaker, um, the stories behind these decks, and we're going to learn how to take these commander decks, turn them into Oathbreaker. It's going to be a great Warhammer episode. I'm so excited for it. Me too. Um, but before we get started, we have some people to thank. First and foremost amongst them are you, the listeners and patrons of this show. Thank you so much to everyone who is a patron of Good Luck High Five. And thank you especially Yay. to Pete. Peter, Shane, and Eric Yay, for you, becoming patrons Eric. in the past week. Uh, thank you all so much. It truly is a delight, even if we have just one new patron. Yeah. And to have three it's truly great. feels like a birthday. This is our birthday. So thank you for giving us essentially a magic birthday, Yay. Peter, Shane, and Eric. If you want to become a patron, if you want to have a show dedicated to you, just like Peter, Shane, and Eric, this you one's can. for you. You can just go to patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Become our new friend. Get access to our Discord. Get cool rewards. Um, we would love to have you as part of our family. Mm -hmm. And it takes just about a minute to sign up. So get an get our next episode dedicated to you. Yeah, man. You know? And our next episode might have a pretty famous special guest on it. So I think you might be the interested in it. The next episode would be a really good one to have <laughs> dedicated to you. We're just saying. We also want to give a shout out to Card Kingdom. You can head on over to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF to get whatever you need for your magical life. They've got pre-orders on everything you could want. Speaking of Warhammer, you can yeah. get that stuff over on Card Kingdom. You can pre-order Unfinity uh, up on cardkingdom.com slash GLHF right now, including those new sweet, sweet, sweet lands. Oh. Yes. Oh, really good. I'm obsessed with the Spacic Lands. They're, I'm obsessed. Like, I don't know. Look, I just got some lands on Arena, but if they put these on there, will I get them? Yes. Yes. Um. There's even two kinds. There's the kind that's oh. like zoomed 
zoomed in on a planet and yes, then there's the wide the, view like, of the yes, planet. Yes, there's close space and far away space. And also they're doing this new foiling technique on them that's like Pokemon foil. So it's like the sparkly kind you of foil. All, they're so I'm, good. I'm deceased. They're so good. Get any of these things over at Card Kingdom. They'll get them in your little paws as fast as is humanly or raccoonly possible. And an update, um, speaking of Onfinity, everybody, we, in case you didn't catch it on the Twitters, um, we are going to be participating in the Loading Ready Run pre-release for Onfinity this weekend. That's right. We're here in Minnesota now, but we'll soon be in Canada. In Canada. Canada. It's going to be a really good time. That's happening on Sunday, Sunday. October 2nd. Yes. One, I can't believe it's October. Ugh, Two, weird. it's October 2nd. Yeah, it's going to be Sunday, which yes. normally is on Saturday. But it's on Sunday. It's on Sunday, So everybody. when Saturday comes around and you're like, oh, no, I'm missing it. You're not. Nope. Watch it on Sunday. On when Sunday. Sunday happens and you're like, oh, no, I missed it. You didn't watch it then. <laughs> You can watch it right. on twitch.tv slash loading ready run starting at 10 a.m. Pacific on Sunday with Megan and myself along with Mr. Mark Rosewater. It's going to be nice. Yeah, I'm so excited. We're going to draft Infinity. Yes. Uh, and then you're going to see gameplay oh. of those drafts. Ooh, put stickers on Stickers so on much everything. Stuff. I'm going to draft Clown Tribal because that's really stickers. just terrifying. Stickers, stickers. <laughs> I'm going to put hats on all of my cards. Stickers, stickers, stickers. If you want to know more about the mechanics in Infinity PS, you can listen to the upkeep for this week. Yeah. Because we talk about uh, the way the stickers and the attractions work and all that kind of stuff. It can seem confusing, but we break it down for you yeah. on the upkeep. Um, so, yeah, check out the pre-pre-release. We're super stoked to see our Canadian brothers from another mother for the first time yeah. in like three years. Yeah. Um, arguably, I would say that we have the same mom. <laughs> our, okay. Mark Rosewater. <laughs> I was going to say like comedy. Oh, yeah. We're, but different dads, which are in Canada and the United States. I don't know. Comedy's our mom. Comedy's and our, dads. our mom and our dads are the countries we come from. I don't know. Yeah, comedy really, you know, had two different, pretty different relationships. Yes. <laughs> Similar in some ways. But, but generally very different. <laughs> our stepbrothers from different dads. Loading ready run. Loading ready run. <laughs> Wait, half brothers. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Everybody, it's time to talk Warhammer 40k Commander. Uh, we have a very special guest joining us to talk about Warhammer this week. It's uh, local demon prince, Will Roberts. Hello. Yeah, that's how he asked us to introduce him. Uh, that's how I demanded to be introduced. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very Warhammer of you, yes, demanded to you. be introduced. Uh, you play a lot of Warhammer. You yeah. are also my fiance. That's true. I was going to say, Maria, how do you know that he plays a lot of Warhammer? <laughs> <laughs> how do does you know it get painted at your table? <laughs> it sure does. Is it because our house is completely full of miniatures? <laughs> yes, we are overflowing with miniatures. You do a great job painting them. You play a whole lot and you read a ton of the lore. So we thought you'd be a good guest to kind of talk to us about the four different factions that we're going to be seeing in these commander decks and just give us an overview of what Warhammer is and some of the lore of Warhammer because it is wide ranging, wide reaching and one of the biggest universes that exists in fandom. Am I right about that? Uh, I would agree. I would certainly agree to that. Yeah. I would say in terms of just breadth, um, probably like 
the Marvel, DC universes, and Star Wars are the only things that really rival it. Wow. I would say, and I would say it's of a league with those. Like in terms of just sheer volume of content and lore to it. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of Star Wars novelizations. Yes, uh, yes, and there's a lot of Warhammer novelizations. Excellent. We'll like a, read a lot. Warhammer books, and they are thick. This is like they're oh, yeah. enormous. Yes. It's just impressive to me. But uh, Megan and I don't know a lot about Warhammer. I would say that I know nothing. (laughs) Oh, great. Okay, so complete beginner over there. I know just a little bit from osmosing it from you, Mm -hmm. just being in the same space as you you leak it out of your pores. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Fair. (laughs) Gross, but fair. Things do leak out of pores in Uh, Warhammer. Well, okay, great. Uh, Fabulous. We'll start there. Uh, (laughs) But for people who are completely unfamiliar, like what? Is Warhammer. So I have prepared a um, oh. a, a blurb. Um, this is attributed to Dan Abnett, who's a frequent lore writer for Warhammer, but also just appears in the first page of every uh, rule book they put out for every edition. So it goes like this. <clears throat> Do you need me to put music behind this? Uh, like sure threatening hurt. music? Okay, it sure wouldn't great. hurt. Editor's note. <laughs> okay. Should I, then I will do a very dramatic read, yeah, okay? Yeah, please. Yeah. <clears throat> I will cough again. For more than a hundred centuries, the Emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. He is the master of mankind by the will of the gods, and master of a million worlds by the might of his inexhaustible armies. He is a rotting carcass, writhing invisibly... Sorry, can I not laugh? And he's a rotting carcass. Well, I don't want people to miss this. Okay, sorry, go. Because it rules. (laughs) He is a rotting carcass, writhing invisibly with power from the dark age of technology. He is the carry-on lord of the Imperium, for whom a thousand souls die every day, for whom blood is drunk and flesh eaten. Human blood and human flesh, the stuff of which the Imperium is made. To be a man in such times is to be one amongst untold billions. It is to live in the cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. This is the tale of those times. There's another paragraph, which oh, also okay. rules as, it's, is as metal. Um, Forget the power of technology, science, and common humanity. Forget the promise of progress and understanding, for there is no peace amongst the stars. Only an eternity of carnage and slaughter and the laughter of thirsting gods. <laughs> wow. And I would say laughter is an appropriate reaction to this. Holy cow. The song, I get a job writing novelizations <laughs> for Warhammer. Um, I want to write this. That's uh, pretty sick. I mean, the Black Library is this, their publishing wing, and you can probably submit something I'm to the gonna, Black Library. I'm going to write directly to them. <laughs> they definitely and have. So soli- they definitely up. do occasionally solicit stuff, wow. and I definitely wish to someday so- submit something. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that metal. Was, it's so it's so. I mean, like, and the, it's such a vast and diverse setting that the tone, the tone that of writing varies, but that's sort of like the baseline tone, which is dark to the point of absolute absurdity that you should be laughing at it at least yeah. a little bit, so at least most, most of the time, because yeah. it's it's dev- it's everything in the universe is dialed up to absolutely 11. I mean, starting with a hundred, hundred centuries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so Warhammer, when does it take place, Will? Uh, it takes place, well, it does not take place in the title year. It takes place in the 41st millennium, so sometime after the year 40,000. Okay. So back oh, in the, so yeah. that's the 40K. 40K, yes. Oh. So the, the main game is called Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. Um, which originally there was a fantasy game called Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Battles. And then in the 80s, they expanded their, well, they didn't expand the years. They created a new universe, which was Warhammer 40,000. And now most of the things, if they put out sort of these date stamps, it'll be like 999N41, 
which means the 999th year of the 41st millennium. Except there's also, like, it's a big, expansive universe, and people Jeez. don't agree within universe which year it actually is, so it might actually be the 42nd Correct. millennium. I mean, you wouldn't at that point. Yeah, exactly. And there's a rotting carcass on the golden throne of Earth. That is the emperor yeah. of mankind, yes. <laughs> Great. Well, goals. Hashtag goals for certain. Yeah. It is a golden throne. Yes. It is a golden throne through he which... feeds on flesh. Well, yes. So... This is, okay, so I was talking to Maria, and I was saying we're going to have a really hard time getting this through uh, in 20 minutes. Yeah. Because um, even this, to explain the feeds on flesh thing. Um, would take another hour. Would take, yes, yeah. so 10,000 years ago in the 30, you know, the 31st millennium, there was a galactic civil war between um, the emperor and his sons called Primarchs, who are super enhanced psychic beings. Um, Sick. Who were loyal to him, and the, tra- the traitors, who I actually, you know, I consider myself a member of, um, oh. who were loyal to the chaos gods and um, his son Horus. Um, and it was called the Horus Heresy. And the, at the climactic fight no, of it, it was. Huh, it was called the Horus Heresy. <laughs> it was the, the big heresy. Sorry, keep going. Okay. Um, so Horus and the emperor fought. Horus had all the power of the chaos gods and the emperor um, had his own powers because he's very powerful. And Horus was slain, but the emperor was mostly slain. He's not conscious anymore, mostly can't talk or move, slain. but he still has some psychic powers. And he... Um, his psychic power lights this beam called the Astronomicon, um, which um, is incredible the sort of psychic lighthouse by which um, astropaths are able to navigate the warp, which is how ships are mm. able to travel through the galaxy. The warp. Wow. What wow. questions do you have now? <laughs> okay, okay. All I guess. Them? What, what's happening with Horus these days? Is he dead? Uh, Horus is dead. Okay. That's a bummer. Uh, what about the other chaos gods? Well, see, the chaos gods, this is actually very important because this is one of the factions in the decks, the oh. forces of chaos. So there are four chaos gods, which are extremely powerful psychic entities within what's called the warp, which is essentially like hell. It's where all the demons and evil gods live. Okay. Um, it's also the only way that mankind has to travel faster than light. So you have to go through hell to get to other places of space. Exactly. That is, yes. What a metaphor. Uh-huh. You literally have to travel through hell. <laughs> wow. And you might emerge like a thousand years later just accidentally. Oops. That happens all the time. Um, <laughs> or you might get eaten by demons. Great. Anyway, there are four chaos gods. Great. Corn, the god of blood and slaughter. Nurgle, the god of plagues. Zinch, the lord of change, the schemer, um, the master of fate. And then Slanesh, um, the prince or princess of pleasure and pain. I've got to say, Nurgles is definitely the nerdiest of all of those chaos I don't gods. know. He did say corn. I, <laughs> well, I think Zinch is personally, personally, Zinch I consider the nerdiest. Zinch is okay. all about sorcery and spells and stuff. Well, Zinch. Zinch. Uh, basically, you know, big scale picture here. In the Warhammer universe, there's a bunch of different factions or groups and they're constantly at war war never ends right correct in the grim darkness of the far future there is only war great can't wait uh (laughs) sounds like the last 20 years speaking of the chaos gods uh also known as the ruinous powers apparently uh that's one of the factions that we have one of the commander decks for um Mm -hmm. commanded by abaddon the despoiler yes which is two blue black red for a five five trampler a mark of chaos ascendant during your turn spells you cast from your hand with mana value x or less have cascade which is pretty sweet where x is the total number of life your opponents have lost this turn so talk to me about the ruinous powers um, well, I believe we introduced the four chaos gods. Yes. Corn, Nurgle, Zinch, and Slanesh. <laughs> yeah. Megan finds corn very funny. Corn. K-H-O-R. Is that what the band sure. is named after? 
No. Okay. I don't. I'm pretty sure it's not. Hey, you know. I mean, I, I guess I don't know the band Cornwall enough to say that for sure. Okay. I don't think so. Um. So, uh, these are chaos gods who live in the warp, and their followers are bestowed upon boons by the chaos gods. But also, the gods are, of course, duplicitous and cruel and fickle, and their favor comes and goes. So, their followers are given powers and are often in. League with demons such as Bellacor, the Dark Master, who was the first demon prince. Oh, one um, of the cards oh. in the deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bellacor uh, is a giant 6'5 flyer. <laughs> Pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think this is kind of cool because that card plays in with Abaddon too because um, this one has the flavor text word Prince of Chaos. When Bellacor, the Dark Master, enters the battlefield, you draw X cards and you lose X life where X is the number of demons you control. Ooh. And, nice. And uh, Abaddon wants your opponents to lose life. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. So it seems yeah. really mean. Um, so here's my question. Yeah. We see these, right? Maria called this a 6-5, or we know, and we know Abaddon is a 5-5. Five, five. How do these things manifest in the world of war, in the game of Warhammer? Well, yeah. um, great question. So the game of Warhammer is played with miniatures. Okay. Um, if, I have some in my car if you need me to bring them in. Um, <laughs> none of them will be as big. So Abaddon is about, no, yay tall, probably. Tiny little guy. Tiny, I mean, there it's a... What's called a 28 millimeter heroic scale um, oh, miniature, right. which means a standard human is about 28 millimeters, um, but also their weapons and heads are bigger than they should be, just according to scale. Because we want everyone to see their weapons, because when we're on the gaming table, we want to know what that what each model has equipped as best yeah. we can. Um, Bellacor is going to be a bit bigger. He's going to be up about oh, this tall. Bellacor is a big fella. Got That's big wings. Huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like I mean, at Scary. home I have a painting of uh, not a, a painted model of. My boy Magnus the Red, yeah, who's also about that tall. And there's another deck in the Ruinous Powers deck, which I was very happy to see. Big fan of Magnus the Red. Um, so you can play with these actual dudes, but in mini uh, as part of the army. Yeah, absolutely. So you cool. have miniatures. Mm-hmm. You build an – well, in big 40K, you build an army. I mostly played the small version called Kill Team, um, which is where you play with just a f- max 14 models at a time. And uh, it's a smaller game, but it's really fun. I recommend it. What happens during a game of Warhammer? Um, so you will be choosing, you'll be activating your units. Okay. Um, in 40K, it's all, I go with all my guys, and then you go with all your guys, and that's a turn. Whereas in Kill Team, it's I activate my units, you activate your unit, then I activate another one, and you activate another one until and they everyone's can, gone. they can kill each other, or mm-hmm. you can uh, capture objectives. Yep. Or whatever. So it's like, yeah, like a little mini. I always think of it as people in movies when it's like Queen Elizabeth the first is moving around her armies with like a little stick on a table. Gotcha. (laughs) It's yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah. And another good analog is just kind of like chess. You're just, uh, it's it's a lot like chess. It's also a lot like just taking your action figures and bashing them together. It's just, there's more rules. Yeah. (laughs) So, so it lays somewhere on the trajectory between Bashing together action figures and chess. Yeah, it's and there's dice. Line. There, you roll dice to okay. usually determine I how things go. I want to know what kind of person you would say should play the ruinous powers deck. Like, uh, what do you got to be into? Well, um, well, frankly, I think you should believe that the emperor of mankind is a false god who has led humanity astray and obscured the primordial truth. Do you know what? Well, I think that there's something yeah. in there that I can certainly identify with. Um, but really, okay, here's what chaos has. Um, chaos is. <laughs> Every faction is extremely violent, but chaos is seemingly the mo- one just most gruesome and loving violent faction. Um, if you like a lot of, if you like any of those things that people are the gods are gods of, so corn. If you like blood and you like yelling blood for the blood god and oh, skulls for the throne, I which do. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh huh. I just say it around the house. Um, 
That's a, that, yep. then you lo- then you love chaos. If Nurgle, all Nurgle characters are just disgusting and it's great. They're all covered in pus and uh, they're bloated. Delicious. And some of the plague. So one of Nurgle's uh, troops is called a plague marine, and they've just sometimes got their intestines coming up. Some of them have like mouths on their tummies. Um, they're they're disgusting, um, okay. and it's great. You're um, selling me. I know, right? Um, Slanesh has a bunch of like twisted yet beautiful yet elegant and like torturous things. And then Zinch is all about sort of forbidden knowledge and scheming and just sort of, I, I really like, I paint a lot of Zinch models, which is like psych. I can make them very psychedelic. I enjoy that a lot. Um, so right. if you like, if you like spikes, if you like a lot of skulls, if you like spikes and spikes skulls, and skulls, then chaos is for you chaos for sure. And, for demons. You. and demons. I like demons. I mean, you're, you are essentially aligned with the demons of hell through oh, which absolutely. people fly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another faction Ooh. deck, uh, the Tyranid Swarm. The Tyranid Swarm, uh, the Great are- Devourer. Ooh. Ooh, all right. <laughs> What's their jam? Led by the Swarm Lord, three green, blue, red for a 5-5. Five, five. The Swarm Lord enters the battlefield with two plus one, plus one counters on it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. Whenever a creature you control with a counter on it dies, draw a card. Okay, so you want to be messing around with counters in this deck. Okay. Um, that means nothing to Will. Yep, Will's like, <laughs> all right, fine. I know a little magic, a little. So tell me about the Tyranid Swarm. The Tyranid Swarm, okay, so the Tyranid Swarm is, uh, it's all a big hive mind. Oh. Um, if you think about, I mean, really, I think in this case, the Zerg from StarCraft did come first, but it's that. It's the Zerg from StarCraft slash the aliens from Alien, except What more. about the Borg from Star Trek? Yeah, except they're bugs. Yeah. Like the Borg, okay. Borg are like robots, right? I, as I- understand they're it human they're human robot but they're like an artificial intelligence type deal I saw first contact I know a little bit at least about this right alright okay we'll accept it okay thank you um, yeah they do have a collective uh, mind collective okay. yes. mind is the important so in that part. sense yes, yes. absolutely um, um, most Tyranids never talk they don't talk to people they mostly just convert into um, monstrous bioforms that will um, basically set upon a planet with their entire hive fleet Attempt to, and often succeed, devour everything on the planet, leaving it into, and convert all of its biomass into their swarm. So they just take everything that's alive on the planet, convert it into their swarm, and leave the planet a desolate uh, wow. shell. Sick. Um, <laughs> they are from another galaxy. They're the only faction in 40K that's oh, from another galaxy. So this is all happening yeah. in the Milky Way? They seem very alien. Which means, like, and this is the great part, part. either out there in the other galaxies, there's, more war. there's either... Just a ton of galaxies that are all Tyranids because they've eaten everybody else in them. Or oh. there's something even worse out there that they're running from. So either Ooh. way, it's not a great it's not a great situation. Yeah. It's just like the Great Filter. Yeah, exactly. It was just the Tyranids the whole time. It's just the Tyranids. <laughs> That's why we can't get Very to space cool. travel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Magnus, how do you say this name? Magus. Magus? I believe it is the singular of mage. Oh, I see. Do you know this or character? Um I don't know that character specifically, but I know that she is of the Gene Stealer cult, which is not explicitly aligned with the Tyranids because the Tyranids don't explicitly care that they exist. But there are these Tyranids called Gene Stealers that will steal people's genes, G-E-N-E. But the Gene Stealer cult will appear on a planet and start worshiping the Tyranids, essentially. Um, And they'll be keep trying to... um, uh, call out to the star gods and the star child, or the the and the I believe it's the four armed emperor, and will constantly like sabotage whoever is running the planet <laughs> until eventually they get what they want, and the Tyranids come to the planet and kill everybody. Oh well, so they're the they Gene Stealer cult. They seem yeah. pretty cool. That's the card Magus Lucia Kane I'm referring yeah. to, which is the mm-hmm. other commander you can play well. in this deck. Okay, All that's right. messed up. It's great, isn't it? It's kind of yeah, you know. 
It's kind of cool. They're the people with signs that are like, welcome aliens. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then also they've, they've killed everyone who isn't welcome aliens. Great. They're very militant about it. So they worship the aliens. Who should yeah. play the Tyranid Swarm deck? I mean, if you like playing, if you like big monsters is what I would say. Big yeah, monsters. Cause even, yeah. I mean, if you're That's looking That's a type at, of magic player for it sure. It really is. Actually is. There's a lot of ramp in this deck. There's going to be a lot of messing around with plus one, plus one counters and making creatures bigger. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Flavorfully. Wow, they did it. (laughs) Good job, Magic. Uh, So that's two of the decks. Uh, Let's move on to the third faction that we have here, the Necron Dynasties. And this one, it looks like it would be my favorite. I had to do some research on this because the lore behind the Necrons is is very expansive and particular. What would you call the rest of the things you've been saying today? Look, okay, yes, but... Small and amorphous. So the Necrons are older than all the other um, species in the 41st millennium. They go back to the earliest life in the galaxy when there were these beings called the Old Ones. Now, the Old Ones were um, very powerful uh, species of people. Um, And there were these other species called the Necron Tier, who were very short-lived. They lived on an irradiated world, and they wanted to live longer. Now, eventually, the Necron Tier allied with these um, demigods, gods called the Catan, um, C apostrophe T-A-N, and sort of got immortal life out of them and and power out of going to war against the Old Ones. Now, the Catan deceived them, and it turned almost all of them into living metal with no actual consciousness in it, who were just sort of like automata. Oh, yeah. So they Except like for got the commanders. They got their wish, but, it, you know, it yeah. was twisted. Um, and uh, there was a war in heaven, and uh, the Necrons end- ultimately ended up sort of going, like, instead of losing, they went into, a you know, millions and millions of years of slumber on tomb worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm gonna go take a So they're kind of like they're an undead. World. They're a space undead faction, except they're really yeah. they're cooler than that. Even like I mean, so the Silent King is um, yeah, that's one of the commanders. Yeah, we'll let's talk, talk about. about yeah. How do you say this? Do you know how? I to believe say it's it? pronounced Zarek. Zarek the Silent King. One black, black, black for a three-four flyer. Whenever Sarek the Silent King attacks, mill three cards. You may put an artifact creature card or vehicle card from among the cards milled this way into your hand. So uh, artifacts is going to be their deal in this deck I'm sussing out here. Which makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Yeah, he was the one who made the deal um, with the Catan and he feels real bad about it. Oh, somebody feels remorse in this universe? Uh, Yeah, some people do sometimes. (laughs) I have a question though. You said that these were like the old ones. These were around way before. Yes. So I mean, the old one. They're not the old ones, which is a different. Okay, so now they're of people, not, not but as they're quite very old. as old as the old ones. Yes. Um, but where is a current? Where are we? Are they asleep right now while we're they alive? They are currently waking up on mass. Oh God! Great. <laughs> Do you know what? The Tomb World Party is about to be popping off. Right. Like, to- exactly. Tomb World is about to be where it's at, Ooh. man. Exactly. And that's kind of like where things are in the 41st millennium is things were bad before and now they're getting worse and then they're getting progressively worse and they just keep on getting worse and worse. Fabulous. The Tyranids okay. arrive, the Necrons awake up, the orcs are in mass. There's no orcs in these commander decks, but there's orcs in 40k okay. and they're okay. they're great. Um, All right. So sorry I interrupted your skeleton story. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. They're asleep on tomb worlds. They're yes. asleep. They're waking up. Um, what kind of person would like the de- Necron dynasties? Oh, um... Well, I assume it's if you like, I mean, undead in general or a pseudo Egyptian aesthetic. They've got a bit of an Egyptian thing going. Kind of like Amonkhet. Yeah. Hey, are you a fan of the undead? 
Yeah. <laughs> Consider I've got the, something for you. The Necron dynasties. <laughs> also, I don't know how they'll play in magic, but I assume they're pretty resilient because one thing in 40K that they've got is once they die, they have a chance to come back just immediately. Oh, it's called oh that's Reanimation cool. protocols. Reanimation protocols. Yeah. Wow. I love a good protocol. Also, they have one card of a guy that's really cool called Trace in the Infinite, uh, which you can see right there, Trace in the Infinite, who um, is sort of this just... I, crazy Necron who has a consciousness um, who constantly collects other things like artifacts and people. Um, So he'll collect, like just freeze them in time and keep them in his collection. Where where is his collection kept? Oh, I don't know. Just somewhere beyond our understanding. I'm sure like the Necrons consider (laughs) our minds very primitive and they don't like most of what they do is just kind of it's yeah. I didn't know if out on the battlefield, he's like carting it around with him. Check no, out my collection. unfortunately yeah. not. He's go, he's usually out on the battlefield cool. to try to add to his collection. You've heard of a field hospital. Here's my field museum. I like that idea. Yeah. You know, take a break for a minute. Go look at some <laughs> Just go look at the collector's collection. I think you're right, Will, about them having resilience in this deck here because a card, one of the sorceries in this list is Living Death, which says each player exiles all creature cards from their graveyard, then sacrifices all creatures they control, then put all cards they exiled this way onto the battlefield. So Yeah, so they're coming back they're from coming the back dead. from the dead. Yeah. Um yeah, okay. This one seems very this is, seems up my alley. <laughs> I just love that they're skeletons. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just love skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, we have the forces of the Imperium, led by Inquisitor Greyfax, who I'll just read really quickly. One blue, uh, excuse me, one white, blue, black for three, three with vigilance. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, oh and have vigilance. You can pay one and tap. Tap target creature and opponent controls. Investigate and investigate. You make a clue token, which is an artifact that has two sacrifice the artifact draw card. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like the most straightforward of all of the ones we've talked about so far. Yeah. Honestly, uh, tell us about. The, tell us about Inquisitor Greyfax slash the Imperium. Uh, okay. This is going to take a long time. Um, so <laughs> Boil it down. Boil right. it down. I'm going to try. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So Inquisitor Greyfax is an Inquisitor. Now an Inquisitor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Bombshell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you so far. An Inquisitor is someone who is technically above the law in the Imperium. Um, oh. And is given unlimited authority to do essentially their they, to wear whatever hat they want. Oh, absolutely! They <laughs> this wear looks they dress very well. Yes. They dress dope. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, their job is to hunt for. In his case, I believe it's heresy. He would be of the Ordo Hereticus, which is the witch hunters of the Imperium. Oh. Um, so they don't like psychic people. Uh, they don't. I mean, that's most of it. I think Inquisitor Greyfax is a lady. Just point. point oh, put yeah. that out there. You know this, what? I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't say, know Inquisitor I, Greyfax too well. That's okay. Correction taken. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the Order of Heretics does not like heretics. So heretics are anyone who does not, well, essentially do what the Inquisitor wants. Um, but mainly it revolves around the worship of the Emperor, which is sort of the official religion of the Imperium. And all so of that's this the have been decaying corpse on the throne? Yes, okay. the Emperor. The Imperium, by large, worships the Emperor as a god. As a, the, They love the rotting corpse. They love the rotting corpse. Got yes. it. He is the savior of mankind, according to the Imperium. But I we mean, all know we he's a false god. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that would be what Inquisitor Greyfax uh, very strongly uh, b- believes in. Or also, there's a whole lot of stuff with the Inquisitors. We won't get into that all that right now. I mean, um, they seem problematic. Yeah. It's almost oh. as if policing is inherently problematic in all the ways people have imagined it so far. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
everything about the Imperium is problematic. <laughs> uh, that's that that's every that's everything. I mean, I guess deal. now that we're talking about it, I don't know that there's any faction that I would say is <laughs> completely absent of all problem. What is your problem with chaos? Why did, why do you no, dislike right. bloodshed and unending slaughter? I'm just saying you said they lived in hell. <laughs> well, What's your problem with hanging out with yeah. demons in hell? We live in Hashtag hell. Hashtag cancel culture is going too far. <laughs> um, You're telling me you hate hell? Okay. <laughs> Fine. I guess the Imperium kind of sounds like they're religious zealots. Yes. Okay. Great. Nailed uh, it. There's a lot more to it than that, which is they're also just an absolute totalitarianism. Okay. Um, which is also constantly falling apart. So, yes, they have this sort of totalitarianism, but it's not like a 1984 totalitarianism where, like, they've got their – can I swear? No. Okay. Then I won't swear. Stuff. They've got their stuff together. Okay. Got it. Um, they're constantly falling apart, constantly breaking at the seams. Um, worlds are constantly falling into rebellion, and they're losing worlds to rebellion, and constantly being brought back to rebel from sure. rebellion. The, uh, yeah. Just the well, burden of the tyrannist, I suppose, huh? I was going to say, uh, that, sure. feels like a, like, that feels like a more accurate representation of totalitarianism. Yeah. <laughs> sure. 1984 is just their wet dream. <laughs> So we can't swear, but we can say that. We should. Understood. We Understood. Should. No, we're we not. Should. We should. But you we know, here, here hey, we look. are. You know what? Honestly, great. We need to normalize wet dreams. <laughs> Welcome to episode 505. <laughs> oh, my God. So who should play the Imperium? Um, if you like humans... So yeah. these, these I mean, the also, okay, yeah, so okay. the Imperium is undeniably, like, it's cool. You're not going to feel good about yourself playing the Imperium, I think. But if yeah. they're your kind of bad guy, I mean, like, the Imperium is also, like, the point of view of most 40K lore. Um, so, like, everything that you read in 40K, for the most part, is sort of from the Imperium. The rulebook is, large, by and large, written from an Imperial perspective. So you're seeing everything from an Imperial perspective. And one reason that the lore of 40K is allowed to sort of contradict itself is because the Imperium purges information and oh. like the Imperium suppresses information as hard as it possibly can for the most part. Most people in the Imperium don't know about demons. They don't know about chaos. I have um, a question. Yeah. Do the people in the Imperium, are they all just evil? Do they all just like believe in this and they go for it? Or are they just, are they like kind of being forced into it, you know, and they just have to? Well, it's kind of like they've never conceived of life a different way. Sure. Like they're like indoctrination is hap is just so thorough. I mean, there's not it's not that they're basically good or basically evil. It's that this is the only way they know to exist. Someone comes in and is like, what about those chaos gods? And they're like, there's no, no such thing as a chaos god. I would have heard of it. Or in that case, they start becoming worshipers of chaos and uh -huh. then they'll, you know, do terrible things to themselves because, again, they're used to terrible things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, this future seems messed up. Warhammer. It is. Everyone's used to terrible things. There is no hope. You're going to die young. Um, that's how it, that's that's the setting. The best outcome you can hope for is to become worshipped as a rotting corpse on a golden throne. Yeah. And that's <laughs> only one person has accomplished that. And he's technically dead and yeah. only has psychic power. That's true. That's so. true. You could, I mean, you could be a demon prince. No, that's that true. does sound that good. Does that sound does sound good. of servitude to dark powers, you know? Yeah. Which one of these decks calls to you, Will? You know the answer to that. Well, I'm asking you as a listener. Oh, as, um, I mean, I, the ruinous powers. Yeah. Um, if I may, if I may look gods. at the, the card list. Sure, sure, sure. Bellicor, the dark master, Lord yeah. of change. That's a greater demon of Zinch. I like them. They're big bird monsters. Um, the great unclean one. That's a greater demon of Nurgle. They're big old 
chubby plague monsters. Um, let's see what else we got. Mortarion, the demon Primarch, one of the emperor's sons who turned traitor and um, uh, w- aligned with the uh, Nurgle. And there's um, Karn the Betrayer. Karn the Betrayer. I love Karn the Betrayer. Karn the Betrayer. Uh, Karn the Betrayer is the sort of the champion of corn in the universe. Um, he, I'm a champion of corn in this universe. He was a member of the World Eaters <laughs> Legion. <laughs> I, think, I think we all are. Of course, they've got Magnus the Red, who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Another Primarch, um, but this one, the demon Primarch of Zinch. Um, Lucius the Eternal, who's a guy, he's sort of the mortal champion of Slanesh, who um, uh, he is a swordsman. And anyone who f- defeats him, who kills him, if they feel even the slightest bit of pride or pleasure in their accomplishment, will slowly start to become him very painfully. Um, and his, yeah, until eventually they are Lucius the Eternal, and then their face is like shown on his armor. So all the faces of people who have killed him and become him so are wait. just on his armor. So he he died, but then they became him, yes. so he's alive again. Exactly. That is sick, man. Yeah. All right, that's pretty good. That, yeah. is, that is very good. Right? Yeah. That, now that's the new goal of this game, <laughs> right? I think. Uh, there's a card in this deck just called Kill, Maim, Burn. That's one of the things that the World Eaters, the Legion that's dedicated to corn, says, yes, Kill, Maim, Burn. Wow. Um, oh, they, it looks not like pulling they don't have, any punches here. Next time I'm you not go seeing Armin on here, you're gonna which is too bad. Just be a lot more careful maze. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't have Armin, which is too bad. Armin's one of my favorite 40K characters. He's the arch sorcerer of Zinch, and he's he's pretty great. There's Armin books that are very good. Well, um, overall, Will, how do you feel as a Warhammer player? Like, d- is this tempting to you? Do you want to try and play these decks? Yeah, I would actually, if, if I were able to get my hands on a deck, I would definitely play it with you. <laughs> he says, All looking right. at Wink. me. If Wink. I were Looks able to find gaze for way, too long. If I were a person able to find a product. Hmm. Um, yeah, Megan, as somebody who started out this segment of our show, knowing nothing about Warhammer, what is your takeaway at this moment? Um... <laughs> Corn, <laughs> I think, is just kind of like my one word summary. <laughs> um, Corn. One, I th- it seems pretty rocking, man. <laughs> um, I appreciate people who have, I appreciate the volume of people who have put this volume of work into their lore around it. Yeah. And I feel like it comes through, right? It does read as very, not like overly complicated, but infinitely deep. <laughs> Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Also, I really appreciate that they were just like, should we give them a little bit of hope? And someone was like, no, no. there's no hope in Warhammer. <laughs> like, do you know what? Kind of liberating. Yeah. <laughs> and so in an interview with Dan Abnett, who's one of the writers I mentioned earlier, he someone asked, is there hope in Warhammer? And he said, on the micro scale, there has to be for individuals. Because, like, otherwise you don't have a story. But on the macro scale, absolutely not. Wow. Things are not going to get better overall. Holy cow. Yeah, it's a good interview, too. Uh, That's wild. Right? Um, Sick. What about you, Maria? Well. (laughs) What did you learn? I learned a lot about the chaos gods. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go door-to-door with pamphlets now. I was going to say, I feel like we may have been influenced. (laughs) Yeah, I think we were. In Uh, favor of the chaos gods. You had an agenda coming here today, (laughs) didn't you? I just feel like it has such a pro-imperial bias. I'm just kind of correcting the narrative. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. Um, All we want to do is eat souls and collect skulls. Although if what you're doing is showing that the imperial bias is wrong and those people are the most awful, is it a bias? I've played some Kill Team with you, Will. Yeah. 
Um, and as a magic player, I just want to say if anybody's like, oh, should I try Warhammer? I think there's a ton of stuff that overlaps that you will enjoy. I my favorite thing in magic is attacking and killing things, right? Um, I'm an aggressive. This sounds like a game where you can do that. I'm an aggressive player, so if I'm playing an army or a group or whatever you want to call it, a faction that that's their deal, then I'm like quite happy. I'm like, yes, I want to kill. And one of the games I played against, well, your your team was resilient to my efforts of destruction. And it was quite frustrating. And I was just like, all I want to do is kill you guys. And I couldn't. But that being said, I think like magic has that you are able to kind of identify yourself as a player through the decks you play in the same way that you're able to kind of identify yourself at how you like to approach games through the armies that you choose to play. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Um, and there's also a lot of, there's an art, a very artistic side to it, um, which is once you, I mean, if you're interested in it, I would recommend just finding club or something at a game store or just someone you know who plays and asking them for a demo game especially of kill team because kill team players are like hungry for people to play with there's not enough of us <laughs> um so like we'll set you up with a demo game we'll provide you some models to play with too um and then if you're into it we'll help you find like they'll help you find some models too that you're into and you can paint them there's so much there's so many resources for painting on youtube yeah. Great. it's i've i've used a ton i i love painting models um, it's really fun. You get to be creative and expressive with it and tell a little story with it. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Will. Thank you so much wow. for having me. Um, if we can sum this up with one word, it would probably be corn. corn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say thank you to Ultra Pro. Oh, by by showing you one of the most luxurious products. <laughs> luxurious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it you're really is. It a little bit, but look at this thing. Like, okay, what we're unboxing here for those of you not watching yeah. is the Mythic <laughs> Edition. <laughs> I don't know. I just opened the whole. <laughs> Let me get this. Megan's destroyed this box. This is not fully open box. The box is fully open, but look, this is the Mythic Edition storage box. Yes. Um, it is gorgeous. I can read you some stats um, on this thing. Yes, hit us with the sweet, sweet stats. Okay, so this box is incredible. Yes. It comes. It just looks great. It has the classic like Oof. Mythic Orange sti stitching. It has the Mythic Orange logo stitched on the front. All right, so this box can hold more than 600 double-sleeved cards per channel, so that's 1,200 cards in Whoa. this bad boy. Okay, four rolled play mats per channel, so you could put your play mats in here. Three Elko flip deck boxes per channel, or four satin cube deck boxes per channel. Wow! So if you are like, but I don't want to unbox my or un like take them out of my deck box and keep they them fit in here, in here. You can put your deck boxes in here. Yes. Yeah. For storage, um, it comes with these great little dividers and a full sticker sheet. We already know how enthused I am about stickers. stickers. Um, so you can like sticker the little dividers. Oh my god! That keep everything in here organized. If you are a, if you have a passion for organization. Yeah, I love this. It's just really nice. It matches their deck boxes, which are the same. That was our great coupon yes. commercial deck box. Yes. Um, which is just luxurious. Um, um, and this is like, like the inside is like so soft. It's so silky for your cards. Yes. And it just is nice. Okay. If someone walks into your home and they see this on the shelf, they're going to know that they're dealing with a business person. All right. A person... <laughs> Means business. means business about card storage. So if you mean business, you can get anything from Ultra Pro yeah. using the code GLHF at checkout for 
5% off. Yeah. Ultra Pro just had a massive sale, a Ugh. flash sale of a bunch of stuff. It might still be on, but you can use code GLHF for 5% off on top. On top of sale of items. Sale. So nothing says business more than business or getting a good deal. Hey, everybody. We've got Judge Rob back in the studio to talk to us about these Warhammer 40K decks and how to turn them into Oathbreaker decks. Yes. Welcome, I- Rob. Thank you for having me. I am very excited about this Warhammer set of decks. I know nothing about Warhammer. Hey. I, uh, hey, you can listen you to the listen to other show. segment yeah. of this show <laughs> right. and learn all about it. We talked about it before, and I'm very excited about having any idea. Like, everything sounds really cool. Yes. Um, it's, it's pretty yeah. It's pretty rocking. It is but pretty rocking, My only Rob. concern is because I'm a creature type, like, obsessive, and I'm like, but I want Ooh, my yeah. Necrons to be able to be reanimated by my Liliana. Well. Can't yeah. do that. <laughs> I think they're probably zombies in that universe. I don't know, but maybe they're not. Yeah, like are like are all zombies? Ne- not all zombies are necrons. Are any oh. number of necrons zombies? Great question. The, the, well, we don't know. I did. I looked through all the cards in the set. I don't remember seeing any actual zombies. I think everything's a necron. So all right, such is life. <laughs> Such is uh, life. But yeah, I think this is a cool idea because if yeah. you get these decks for Commander, they've got a double a secret double use hidden yes. in them, which is using them to play Oathbreaker. And yeah. Rob, you figured it out. Yes. Um, so you can cu- chop these down. And so um, I'm here specifically, if you see the little logo here from Magic Kids, uh, they're the same group of people that have invented and managed Oathbreaker. And they also run a charity, uh, the Magic Kids charity, and they do they send out kits to school clubs that want to run, like if you want to run a youth magic event, magic kids will send, or not magic event, magic club. They'll send you a kit uh, free of charge. All you have to do is have somebody like at your school that's running this and they they apply for it. Um, it's really good. And right now it's back to school season. They're really ramping up. They've sent out like 800 kits this year. Wow. since the beginning. Of the They've sent out some humongous amount of these. Whoa, and so cow. they, they their turnaround for, if you go to the magickids.org site, and uh, fill out a thing. Uh, they they get back to you within a week, and then usually within two to three weeks, they will mail the kit out. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and so you can if you have a teacher friend, if you have uh, youth friends that are looking for to get a club together at school, uh, get them connected up. The first one's free in the United States. They'll just ship it to you. Uh, they're they're connected with Card Kingdom to do a bunch of it, and it's just a great time. Wow! All uh, of our lovely uh, sponsors <laughs> and friends yep. coming together here yep. to make this possible. Uh, so that that's my blurb about Magic Kids because they're great. But um, I want to talk about these decks specifically. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to start with Forces of the Imperium. Um, so all of these decks, they don't have Planeswalkers in them. My guess is that they didn't want crossover with the big Magic Titans of the, what makes Magic tick and the Warhammer people. So they're just like, we're just not going to put it in and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Which plane are they <laughs> yes. planes walking yeah, exactly. from? The warp. Right. Uh, so what I'm going to do is suggest a planeswalker to add into the deck and then um, a signature spell that comes from the deck and then some cuts to get you there. So quickly, um, uh, in two sentence, yeah. elevator pitch, oh, Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker. Of course. Uh, so Oathbreaker is a, is a fast commander variant where instead of playing a legendary creature as your commander, you play a planeswalker. It's got 40 card deck or 60 card decks. So we're going to be cutting 40 from these. You start with a planeswalker as your commander and a signature spell, which is an instant or sorcery in their, in their color identity. Um, uh, just like commander stuff goes back to the command zone. If it's a, if it's commander or signature spell, you can't cast the signature spell unless your Oathbreaker, which is basically interchangeable with commander is on the battlefield. Um, and so you, the format is much, much denser. Your decks are more consistent and it's much faster. 
Uh, it has a separate band, li- band list um, or a band lisp, depending on how you want to talk. <laughs> um, and it's it was designed to be able to be played in like a lunch. If you yes. go, if you have some people at your work that want to jam a you know thirty the thirty minute forty minute game over lunch. You can do that with it. Everyone loves to play a game during lunch. I love it's jam true. at lunch, you know? Yeah. yeah. I I eat a lot of jam at lunch. Yeah. Um, actually, I eat it mostly for breakfast. But, uh, <laughs> forces of so the Forces of the Imperium. <laughs> um, forces of the Imperium is esper colored. It's white, blue, black. So there's only two choices for, for Oathbreakers in that color combination. Um, the one I like the most for this, both thematically, because he looks really cool and looks like the kind of thing that would come from Warhammer, he does. is Dakon Shadow Slayer. Um, he's black, blue, white, legendary planeswalker Dakin. Um, Dakin enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control. So he's always going to be relevant no matter how long yeah. the game's gone on. A plus one to surveil two, which fills up your graveyard. <laughs> minus three to exile target creature. And minus six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. All right. So uh, Forces of the Imperium is a deck all about deploying a bunch of creatures, attacking with them repeatedly, having big, huge squads of dudes. My And my picks for signature spell, uh, they have two really cool ones, and I don't know which I'd rather play. I'll probably play them, switch back and forth. And they shall know no fear, <laughs> which is an instant. Choose a creature type. Creatures you control the chosen type get plus one, plus zero, and gain indestructible until end of turn. God. It's, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it counters spells. It kills your opponent. Like I uh, uh, seems yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Mouthbreaker. Um, otherwise, for the emperor is my other pick, which is a sorcery, and it says creatures you control gain plus two, plus two, and gain vigilance and lifelink until end of turn. Also Great. seems good. Yeah, that one's four mana though. Yeah, that one's four mana. Uh, white and three for for the emperor. White and one for and they shall know no fear. So you can cast Dakin on turn five, and then have for the emperor prepped up to make sure that. They have a hard time killing your creatures. Hey, this sounds like a deck that's my speed, Rob. Yes. Um, and my my trims on this would be, so you want to cut down to 23 lands. There's a bunch of like Mopey enters the battlefield tap lands or ones that like usually do. I Mopey. hate, I hate Mopey. port. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're sad. You're like, you look at Port Town in your hand and you look at your like Terramorphic Expanse and you're like, these don't, these don't connect together to do anything. They're the ears of lands. Yes, they're the ears of lands. Oh, the, man. the Port Town cycle is one that was, if you're playing a lot of basics, is really good, and uh, I don't want to play a lot of basics most of the time. Yeah. Um. So I would fire a bunch of those, cut down to 23 lands, um, four or five of each basic is where I would end okay. up. Okay. Um, depending on how many cards of each color you end up keeping. Um. I would keep every artifact so that Dakin has a bunch of stuff to interact with. There's only like six in the deck. Um. And then you cut a bunch of cards that cost five or more mana and they're just kind of sad and don't do a lot for that cost. Uh, you probably won't cast Hour of Reckoning. It costs seven. Um, it, like there are a bunch of like utility creatures, Space Marine Scout. It's really cool, but like there's just not a lot of room to be doing a lot of what these utility creatures do. Um, so you have to make some sacrifices to to get there. Um, I, I would lay them out and be like, I would just sort of, this creature, when I look, read it, makes me excited. This creature, I, I don't want to cast this during most games. You have to be yeah. ruthless, much yes. like the Imperium. Much like the Imperium, yeah. yes. Um, and so you can cut cut down fairly easily with that, with a with those choices. And then you can also like make additions too if you want yeah. to put more artifacts yeah. in there. This is this is just a you just want to play this deck out of the box and have it feel like this this deck and you want all the frames to look sure. the same and you know yeah. Uh, but like I plan on breaking these up 
uh, like I play them a couple times and then break them up because yeah. I want to use a bunch of these cards because they're really exciting. And this alternate frame is really good, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so Ruinous Powers. Ruinous Powers is Grix's colors. Um, it There's a bunch of Nicole Bolas cards that you could use. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And like every Nicole Bolas. I don't want to use any of those, though. Big, <laughs> dragon, big dragon Dad. Big Dragon exists. But they also, in Modern Horizons 2, made a Grix's Planeswalker. Uh, Gaedrone Dihada. Uh, Gaedrone is red, black, blue, one, starts at four loyalty, um, has protection from permanents with corruption counters on them. Oh. Uh, plus one, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Put a corruption counter on up to one other target creature or planeswalker. Oh. So she protects herself by making people unable to attack her. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Sick. Plus uh, minus three, gain control of target creature or planeswalker until end of turn. Untap it and put a corruption counter on it. It gains haste until end of turn. So you can borrow their big things, hit them with it, and then they can't hit her back because yeah. she's a jerk. Uh, she also has minus seven gain control of each permanent with a corruption counter on it. <laughs> nice. So, Great. again, I also picked her thematically because she looks like she does. She's a she cool looks villain. like Warhammer. Yes. Really cool. <laughs> um, the, this deck is all about all about flipping randomly into large things. This is about chaos and warping into random things. I want chaos mutation as my signature spell. It's an instant for a red, blue three exile. Any number of target creatures controlled by different players for each creature exiled this way. It's controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card, puts that card onto the battlefield, then puts the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. <laughs> yeah. You, you yes. want chaos. You got chaos. Yes. yes. Uh, like uh, you usually will just pick all of their best stuff and your worst thing. Or if you're playing with um, Gaedrone as your as your Oathbreaker, she will take their creature. You'll target their creature that you control so you don't give it back. Instead, you change it into something real that you get to keep. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which is my goal there. Like So rude. Um, again, I would cut to 23 lands on this, um, mostly cutting the cycling lands. Uh, because you're a three-color deck, the cycling lands are a little questionable in a smaller library where you don't have as much as much space to fix your mana. Um, there's also like dismal backwater that always enters untapped or always enters tapped in this library. Anything that can never enter untapped, I would start with a cut because yeah. there's, it, there's like, you're going to have to cut like 14 Get out of here. here. Um, again, four or five of each basic would be my goal. And my cuts, a lot of these I would cut like from the top down of more, more expensive stuff. In this case, I'd actually cut from the bottom up. Uh, because you're gonna be you're gonna Sorry, be trying cut to my like, hair. <laughs> I mean, Bottom I up. hope so. I hope. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's just generally kind of recommended. I mean, it, like from your different hair philosophies, you might actually have different philosophies that's on fair, that, yeah. right? Cut it from the top down. Top I mean, that's there. how I cut my beard is from the top down. Oh, that is true. <laughs> um, but. 23 lands, uh, there's a, I would cut from the bottom up in this deck though. I'd cut low cost stuff because if I'm spinning randomly, I don't want to hit Herald of Slanesh, right? Um, I don't want to hit Blood Crusher of Corn or Blood Crusher of Corn. They just don't do a lot. Um, keep Aspiring Champion because that spins into better things. Uh, when it hits, it gets sacrificed and then you spin up a new creature out of your library and put it out of the battlefield. Great. Ooh, um, cool. Those are the ones you're just like, like three and four mana utility idiots that like I like when I have a hundred slots of space but when I only have 60 it gets a lot more tough yeah, to justify you wanna, them. Yeah you want to spin that wheel and you want to yes. hit the big money. Right. Uh, th this, is, this is a big money gambling deck. Right. Man, great. People who have to work with internet service providers know all about utility idiots am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm 
Yeah, we all have to nowadays because we're in the future. I have US I, I have USI and they're actually just genuinely very nice and exceptionally helpful. But yep. everyone uh, else is bad. Mm, uh, CenturyLink has been fine. Oh, like, that's good. Like, like, uh, Comcast, the worst. <laughs> the worst. Like, I will say when I had to cancel my CenturyLink, it was actually very easy. It took like five minutes and then they canceled it. And I was like, I was it. I had blocked off like an hour. Oh, Comcast. I sent in a cancellation request and they sent me a form to sign that didn't give an end date. And the, I assumed it was a month from when I sent it back, but it was a month from when they sent it to me. So I right. randomly lost it. A week before I thought I was going to, I was not happy. Two thumbs up. Thanks, Comcast. Thanks, Comcast. Wow. Um, uh, utility at idiots. Anyways. Yeah, sorry. I, I digress. I know. Uh, I, I started it, so my uh, bad. Necron Dynasties. Uh, this is a mono black deck, which is really interesting for a for a theme deck. Yeah. Like they don't for do sure. this very much where they they give us a mono a monocolored theme deck. Um, there are 24 mono black planeswalkers. The, yeah, they range from the ones that I don't want to use, like Soren Imperius Bloodlord cares about vampires. We don't have any of yeah. those. We have Necrons. Um, there's also like Liliana Untouched by Death, which you cast. I was really excited. I was like, I get to cast zombies from my graveyard. And then I double checked the deck and I'm like, well, I don't have any of those. No. They are <laughs> um, all Necrons. Yeah, they are all Necrons. But my pick is actually Lili Liliana of the Last Hope for uh, for an Oathbreaker to, to helm this. She is black, black one for three loyalty Liliana plus one up to one target creature gets minus two, minus one until your next turn. Minus two, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Her minus seven is you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step, put X two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is two plus the number of zombies you control. So she'll still make two zombies and then like a geometrically increasing number of zombies is like... Yeah. Without any support. Um, I like her because she self-mills. This is a reanimation deck. Yeah, that's um, great. So she's she's a cheap way to put other stuff in your graveyard. She also picks off small fry. Um, if they have relevant 1-1s, one she kills them. And if they have relevant creatures that aren't 1-1s, one she shrinks them down so they're, she's harder to kill. Um, plus, she's cheap herself. So even if you're casting her with a command tax, you'll still be able to cast her reasonably. Um, my signature spell suggestion is a reprint in this set. Beacon of Unrest. More like Bacon of Unrest. I I call this Bacon of Unrest oh, a lot, you do? actually. <laughs> I call the whole cycle beacons, or bacons a lot of the time. Uh, they came out when I was in college. So like. Uh, I mean, college yeah. was all we about all bacon. It was about all about bacon, bacon all, all the time. It was a bacon heavy period of life in the United States, I would argue. Do, do you know when I went to college? No, but I'm just, <laughs> just putting it all yeah, it's in 2002. one bucket. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a big... There was a chunk there was of a time. big chunk of time where the where the U.S. was more bacon centric than it is the now. The discourse it's was true. heavy on the bacon. It's true. Yes. There was a lot of a bacon discourse. And people still do enjoy bacon. It's not like we're in a bacon. <laughs> <laughs> we're not in a bacon. We're not in a we're bacon, not in a desert. bacon desert. Yeah. No. <laughs> we're just saying it was discourse was more bacon centric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's true. That's about when John Scalzi taped bacon to a cat. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So bacon meanwhile, of Beacon of Unrest, uh, Black Black 3 Sorcery, put target artifact or creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Shuffle Beacon of Unrest and Bacon of Unrest into its owner's library. So that Ooh. last bit, you just don't do you it. It's your signature it. spell. It always goes back to the command zone. Okay. So it's great. You get to cast this repeatedly. This deck is about reanimating artifacts as much as it is about reanimating creatures. And there's very few things that let you reanimate arbitrary artifacts, which is why they reprinted this. I the, When I looked at this deck list, I was like, I want my signature spell to be Beacon of Unrest. What? 
how do I make this happen? Oh, it's in the deck. Great. They thought they thought of me. Thank you, wizards. <laughs> um, lands are easy. You're going to kill 14 swamps. Yep. The rest of the lands are great. Um, for other trims, uh, all the mana rocks that cost three or more, I would probably just cut. There, except for the new one. Um, there's a there's a new four-cost mana rock that was put in this that looks fine. Uh, but the rest of them are all like, I don't want to spend three to like maybe someday pay seven to remove something. No. Like, it's not not great. Um, there's a lot of medium creatures. Um, Sakuchi Immortal and Plasmancer are kind of, they're fine. Um, but I don't want to reanimate them a bunch. I don't want to spend a bunch of time casting them. Um, they're, I like having utility creatures more in Commander because the wide variety of stuff that you can run into, you need them. But I don't need them as much when I want to focus on something. I would focus primarily on self-mill and powerful reanimation effects and powerful things to reanimate. Um, you probably want to cut two or three of the big payloads at the top end because otherwise you're going to draw two or three of them and they'll they'll clunk up your hand and it just makes you sad. Um, but like this deck is already pretty tight on stuff. So you could probably just like, here's all the payloads. I'm going to shuffle them up and pick four, whatever. So... Yeah, this I think this works really well. Yeah. You're, the, the planeswalker you've chosen and the signature spell and yep. with the theme of the deck that was already present. Yeah, um, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. That's the one I'm going to look to be playing first, and then I'm going to steal like uh, like five cards out of it for King Makar, which is my favorite commander deck. <laughs> so, um, the uh, the last deck is Tyranid Swarm. Uh, this is a teamer color. It's uh, red, blue, green for those of us who. Uh, don't remember cons of Tarkir and the doomed timeline that led to these names. Um, <laughs> Sarkin and Broken is the only teamer planeswalker. I was shocked when you told yeah. me that, but then I was like, yeah, I can't think of another one because yep. there isn't one. They, they just don't print very many. There's there's a couple of different wedges that are missing that are missing planeswalkers, just in general. Wow. And so they, they just every once in a while will print like an interesting multicolored planeswalker. I actually kind of wish Yehada was a different color combination. Because they just like burnt a three color planeswalker slot on the most common three color planeswalker, but it, it's what fits her thematically. Yeah. So, um, so Sarkin and Broken's our teamer planeswalker, red, blue, green, two, for a four loyalty Sarkin planeswalker, uh, plus one to draw a card, then add one mana of any color to your mana pool, minus two, put a four four red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And minus eight. Search your library for any number of dragon creature cards and put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. We don't own dragons. We do not care. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, uh, yep. We're playing Sarkin for the colors, really. And my other suggestion is if, you, if you're frustrated by this and you don't want to play Sarkin and you don't want the word dragon a ton, that's fine. Cut all the red cards. Yeah. Like, cut all the red cards, play like Cure, Behemoth, Beckoner, play, you know... Um, any of the cores are a fine choice. If you have an Oko, Oko would be great in here, but Oko's great everywhere. So um, you can you can get you can get all the cures for like two bucks. So this is a this is a very budget option for any random cure that you want to play. Um, my signature spell from this is Inspiring Call. There's not a lot of spells in this library, first of all. Um, there's Tyranid Invasion, which makes like a three threes equal to the number of your opponents. It's cute, but I'm not. I'm not as excited by it. Um, Inspiring Next. Call is a reprint. Um, it is green and two instant. Draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Those creatures gain indestructible until end of turn. Mm. So this is my theme of like, like my signature spells to like interact with something or like warn off my opponents. They know that they shouldn't be destroying my stuff because I have three mana and a signature spell up. Um, for cuts, this deck has like 
two really big themes that are going on. Um, again, I'd go down to 23 lands and I'd cut uh, like ones that enter the battlefield tapped or kind of like land fetch ones. I'd play a few more basics in this. I'd, pro I'd play like maybe six of each basic because there's a lot of like cultivates in here, harrows in here, um, far seeks in here. You're going to be, you're going to want to be searching out your, your lands a lot. So you need more basics to be able to find. Um, my theme that I'd cut is I'd fire most of the X cost spells. Uh, so there's a, there's a strong sub theme. There's like seven spells in here that have X in their cost or something. Um, some of them can stay, uh, the, but like aberrant, it's, it's not very good. Uh, you have to spend like three men up front before you even get to the X. It's not, not very, it, it, like your return is not very good. Hormagaunt Horde, it's super cool, but it's counting on like it getting killed a lot. It then returns to your hand for mana, and then you get to draw cards if you cast it for six. And you're like, basically, I could be playing another spell here. Overarching theme yes. here is cut stuff that's like dirtily yeah. and like will take way too long to yeah, pay cut, off. cut to your main plan. Yeah. And my main plan would be putting plus one plus one counters on my creatures and getting rewarded for doing that. Yeah. There's a I lot agree. of cards that do this really well in this library. And it, it, like, you're you're gonna be like, this isn't good value. Um, get rid of it. And then this one that like puts two counters on things and draws me a card. Great, I'm in. Um, there's this deck also has a like all three of the relevant temple or three different relevant temples in it. I would probably actually cut those. Um, I like temples a lot usually, but I want to fetch more land, so I want more basics for slots. So, um, that. That's my rundown of what I would cut to like a general plans. And a lot of the time, if, if I'm sitting down at the library and trying to cut stuff, I'm I'm sitting there with two cards physically in my hand, and it feels better to hold two magic cards and decide which baby you're going to kill. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's that's how they make you do it. You <laughs> know, All right? Yep. yep. That's how um, I think how Sophie's Choice ended. I, I mean, that's what I've heard about that. <laughs> I've only I've only read the novelization. So. Okay. Well, we know your favorite of these decks is yes. the mono black deck. Yeah, that's that that's the one I'm most excited for. Like number two would be the Tyranids. Like I I love green. I love green red. If I'm playing in a real competitive format, I'm playing green red. But like for some reason, I just keep building black commander decks and black oathbreaker decks. Mm, maybe you're so, learning something about yourself, uh, Rob. Maybe oh. I am. I'm, I'm turning dark. It's my spooky. Yeah. Megan, which of these do you want to play Oathbreaker? Oh, man. You know what? I feel like this, uh, the Gray, Gray, Gaia Drone Dahada just seems sick. I she like seems it. seems really cool. And you get to do some really random stuff, too, exactly. with Chaos Mutation. Yeah. Like, I love, I love shenanigans. That's yep. shenanigans and written all over it. And I love a deck it. that's about just some random shenanigans. <laughs> well, I'm going to play Force of the Imperium with Dak and Shadow Slayer. You all knew that already. Yes. Lots yep. of little creatures, pump them up. Yep. You did. Yep. I'm not going to get in your way of playing that library. Thank there's, you. there's not a universe where I would. Oh, well, I'm not going to attack you first then, Rob. Good job. Wow. Well, okay. well, you're not going to attack Gay Drone either. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're so true. So true. Uh, well, thank you so much, Rob. This yeah, is super you're welcome. cool. Yeah. I think yep. it's great because why have a deck that can do one thing when you can have two decks that do two things? You know no. what I mean? You yeah. want one deck that can do two one things? One deck that can do two things. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Commander and Oathbreaker all yep. in one deck. Two yep. for the price of one. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Um, magikids.org. Magikids. Magikids.org. Mm -hmm. That's the place um, to go. Yeah, if you want to, like I said, run a local magic club. They are, they're fantastic. And they, they have a, just to get in touch with us, get stuff started. It's a super easy process. The kits have like 
how to teach kids the like a fundamental way to play magic with like you know 10 lands 10 spells start at 10 life just like smash creatures into each other and how this is useful in a school setting i've done this with my niece a couple of times and she got actually like visibly better at reading and math just from being forced to figure out what the heck was on a magic card of course so yeah by the way magickids.org there's no c it's just magic kids yeah magic kids um And the if for Oathbreak information on yep. like the rules about it, what yep. cards are banned, you can head to Oath, OathbreakerMTG.org. Yep. And dot com works for Oathbreaker as well. So, oh, OK. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Sick. Let's Glad get to, to hammer in some war. Yep. You know, as as you do, <laughs> as is the practice. Yep. <laughs> Everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Wow. Thank you so much to our special guests, my fiance, Will Roberts, and my non-fiance, Judge Rob, uh, for coming on. <laughs> Brian, do you talk, did you talk about everyone that, like that? Yeah. <laughs> that's two categories of yes. people that I know. My fiancés uh, <laughs> and my non-fiancés. Uh, for expanding our worldview about Warhammer. Yeah. I. You know what? It was pretty sick. It was fun. It was pretty metal. We learned a lot, and now I just need to go play some sick riffs on my yes. guitar. <laughs> on my the chaos gods. guitar. <laughs> yeah. I love learning about the warp and the chaos gods. Oh, and so the good. skelly friends. The skellies. I love the skellies. On their tomb planets? <laughs> Mausoleum planets? Tomb plant tombs. Anyway, pretty hardcore. They're pretty hardcore. Uh, yeah, you can uh, check out anything you need for your Warhammer desires at cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Get all of your fancy card storage needs met over at Ultra Pro using the code GLHF at checkout for 5% off. Yes. Thank you to our patrons. Yes, Peter, Shane, and Eric. I hope you all liked your episode. Yes. Thank you so much. You can become a patron, get the next show dedicated to you at patreon.com slash glhf magic we knew love our new family members yes um and check us out at the pre pre-release this sunday 10 a.m pacific twitch.tv slash loading ready run and get ready because our next episodes are gonna be pretty good yeah they are pretty good. are you ready <laughs> <laughs>